Hi there, Warriors Way podcast listeners. This is James Eek, and you are listening to Warriors Way podcast, episode 95. And I hope you're all doing well. As I'm recording this, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Interesting and zany and often scary times. That said, do not give in to fear. Use this time you've been given to do amazing things and be inspirational. Support others and be your very best. Hard times create hard people. Resilient people, strong people, awesome people. This situation will let us all truly see who people are behind their masks. And when things seem dark, remember that your ancestors, all of our ancestors, went through far worse than this, and you're here. They didn't get through the nightmarish conditions like the Ice Age or living in a world of giant creatures like the saber-toothed tiger or short-faced bear or any number of other wars and plagues and brutal things by going it alone. No. Our ancestors knew, just as we are finding, that we need each other. That we cannot think of me first. We have to think of we. Us. We have to understand that we are all in this and life itself together. Make sure that you will be proud of yourself when this great pandemic of 2020 ends. Make sure that you will be able to tell your grandkids stories of how you stepped up, braved the storm, and helped your community. If you're looking for things to do from home, and most of us are, please check out the training videos I put together, which are now ideally suited for each and every one of us training or wanting to train at home. Head to patreon.com and search for the Warrior's Way podcast, and you'll find a whole lot of things that you can start to use to keep your training up right now. And I've made a whole lot of it free. Give it a shot. I'm pretty sure you'll be glad you did. So, again, you just head over to patreon.com and search for Warrior's Way Podcast. There's a terrible and grave question before us. How to save the planet. How to rescue the economy. How to stop a pandemic. Sure, sure. The one I mean, though, is... How to make it through a few months of self-isolation and not go crazy. Bonkers. Totally out of your marbles, barking, stonking, mad. Your sanity hacked away one frayed nerve at a time by the boredom and forced togetherness of quarantine until you want irresistibly to feast on the still-beating hearts of your loved ones and laugh maniacally in triumph. Okay, I exaggerate for effect. You know by now what I mean, I bet. Let me illustrate using mine. My life is kind of a cliche. I live in a big old loft, and my kid sis, my partner, and my puppy all live here with me. It's in a painfully trendy neighborhood that millions of people visit just to take in the coolness, the history, the art, the culture. What 
else would you expect from a pretentious know-it-all like me anyways? But such a place is also like a dream come true and nasty little coronavirus comes around. So your little household, friends, is in a kind of lockdown tighter than the Kremlin's iron grip over Donald J. Trump. I'd be lying if I said tempers weren't already jangling. Guys, the dog needs to go for a walk. The kid sis rolls her eyes so hard I think her head might explode. And my partner gives me the death stare only a wifey can. Guys, I say, throwing my hands up, I need to work on this book. Grow up, loser. I have class, even if it's remote, hisses the kid sis, spraying the air with millennial venom. And in case you haven't noticed, I just had to do the laundry because your little puppy threw up everywhere, huffs my partner, walking away. Jesus, I sigh. How many more months of this can we all take? How long is it going to go before my kid sis stabs me with a fork? Or my puppy turns into a feral wolf child who eats us all in our sleep? Or my lovely and wonderful partner decides to poison the brownies in sheer loving mercy? And then I think back to this series of strange thoughts I had last night about how to stay sane during a time like this. You see, I was shocked to notice that I was already five episodes deep into some Netflix show, and it was still six hours until bedtime. Ugh, now what? Every restaurant, cafe, bar, shut. Nothing to do. I want to be sedated, the Ramon said in my head. Yet the following also occurred to me. How long had it been since time had been so slow? So painfully, awfully, grindingly slow. My days are usually a whirlwind. Off to the cafe to think, home to write, calls and meetings with various people, and then time to make some music. In between, maybe a walk with the little guy, dinner with my partner, chats with my kid sis, and then it begins all over again. Whoosh. The last year has gone by without me even noticing. So, I think, have the last few. The first thing I noticed then was the feeling of time again. Let me say it again. The feeling of time. And then I began to think about how wonderful that was. To just feel time again. To sense it. To take it in sumptuously. To luxuriate in it. A little. I thought back to the boy I'd been on the first day of grad school who, when we went around the room and everyone proudly said, I want to be a CEO or I want to be a banker, simply rolled his eyes and said, I don't want to be anything. What I meant, of course, was that I just wanted to be myself. So here I was, having the time to just be. To know time itself again, instead of time passing us by. Time to just be. Time to get acquainted with a truer awareness of time. How it slows, how it flows, how it thickens, how it gathers in whirlpools and spirals. When we really pay attention to it, that is. Just feeling a sense of time itself again. Its suchness, its essence. A quality pouring from the very heart of the universe. Just feeling time. Instead of letting time pass you by busy, rushed, harried. When was the last time you did that? Think of meditation. Breathe in, 
breathe out. Time becomes something else. Not a line to nowhere, but a cycle. A pulse, a heartbeat, emanating from the pure heart of being. When was the last time you had that deep, intimate sense of time? The river of time. Painfully slow or beautifully deep. Take your pick. Sorry to get a little poetic. It's going to get a lot worse before this essay is done. I have to warn you. The next thing I noticed was how we were all becoming reacquainted with our bodies again. I think that we, and I mean most of us, have been deeply alienated from our bodies by capitalism, patriarchy, supremacy. But a body to them, what's a body to them? A thing to do work with, a thing to put makeup on, a thing to work out and show off. But none of this is intimacy with the body. Think of the many ways we punish our bodies and are proud of it. You do it by making your muscles ache. You do it by smoking. And maybe we both used to do it by staying up all night and dancing until the sun came up. But this isn't body awareness. It's body alienation. It's a a denial of the body. There we are now on the sofa. Me and my partner and my kid sis. How do you feel, sweetie, I ask. My partner says, fine. I frown. How do you really feel? I'm struggling for words. I want to interrogate her sensations. Is she short of breath? Are her muscles aching with fatigue? Is her throat tickled dry and raw? I want to know if there's the merest tiny sense of any of these things. I want to know her smallest twinge and tremor. We monitor each other and ourselves a dozen times a day, a hundred. I bet you and yours do just the same. But do you see yourself gaining a kind of deep body awareness in the process? Do you see how much more aware of yourself you are? Your lungs, breath, muscles. My God, did I just feel a little dryness in my throat? Oh no. Did my lungs just tighten a little bit? Am I really that tired? Uh Uh-oh. But see how much deeper you are looking at your own sensations, body, being. You know, I think a little bit now just how punishment you doled out to yourself. Overwork, too much, too much partying, too much food, too little nourishment, whatever it is. Like I said, we've all been alienated from our bodies by capital and patriarchy. We've treated our bodies as things to exploit, whether with work or with work. Not to treasure, cherish, have, share, give. But now we are regaining intimacy with ourselves in this deep and beautiful way. And what a gift that is. The third thing I noticed was how our relational awareness seems to have acquired a kind of laser-sharp focus. And perhaps a depth of emotion, too. Let me explain what I mean. Just now, my kid sis and my partner were sitting on the big old sofa laughing at the puppy who was doing something funny and ridiculous, like he tends to do. And I caught myself just looking at them. In a strange, strange way. It was an unremarkable scene, and there I was looking at it, and I was just smiling. 
I was taking it all in, and by that, the depth of these emotions suddenly seemed to rock me to the core. I felt this fierce, fierce love for all these three lives, but also for the relationships that seemed to exist between them. In that one moment, I had a kind of profound gratitude for the love that flowed between them, that such a thing could exist at all, for the richness and grace of it, for that simple human forgettable act. Two people on a sofa playing with a dog. I'm struggling to explain it well, but do you know what I mean? Maybe these days you see your husband or your wife, your son, your daughter, your mom, or your dad, just there, just being, doing something totally unremarkable, and something catches in your throat. Your breath is taken away. Your knees feel weak. You feel a sense of gratitude as deep as the ocean. A river of love as mighty as spring. These days, when life feels so tenuous, that depth of emotion is closer to the surface of us isn't it? We've been disarmed by this little virus, not just socially and economically, but psychologically. Our defenses are less efficient. In other words, at protecting us from being vulnerable, weak, and fragile, from loving, from feeling what we really feel deep inside all the time, but are far too good at hiding from ourselves. The furious depth and might and force of the love that we feel every single moment for those who are close to. That feeling is much, much closer to the surface of consciousness of us right now. So much so that it can catch us by surprise at any moment. Rock us, shake us, and we wonder, Jesus, what was that? And what a beautiful thing that is too. Shouldn't we feel that way more rather than less? That we're less capable of repressing away the intensity of the love we feel. That we feel it as sharp as a blade more and more now. We are learning to be truer in this way. It's easy to hide those feelings away and then have them come pouring out. To spend a life busy working, working out, going out, planning, competing, acquiring... And that too is the way that capitalism has alienated us from each other. It replaces the intensity of our feelings for each other all too often with things. Even if those things are called accomplishments. Living in an individualistic, materialistic way, we were ravenous consumers, competing to evoke envy with the luxury of our lifestyles or diligent workers hoping to get the payoff to acquire it all. Too little to do we see each other. When was the last time you felt this intensity of love, of grace, or of togetherness? Ever? And yet, isn't that what's truest of all? I remembered then my strange and informal training in Zen. You see, for quite a while, I thought I was going to die. There was nothing left to think. And so I went into a strange, strange place, into myself, past myself, into a place of pure being and endless awareness. Only later would I begin to read Zen and realize the experience was one and the same. 
But Zen, as the old masters say, is not about being sane. It's about letting go of sanity. The way to survive self-isolation isn't to go sane. It's to go a little insane. You see, we humans have failed to really grow up for a very long time now. We have acted like spoiled, irresponsible little children, trashing the planet, ignoring the future, not taking care of our own larger family, bullying all kinds of life. And does that sound like a mature, responsible form of life to you? Worse though, we've called all that rational, sensible, profitable, as sane. That kind of sanity, as Krishnamurti might have said, is the most insane thing of all. Self-isolation is going to drive you a little crazy. Good. Let it. Any good experience of growth pushes you past your boundaries. You're being pushed past your old boundaries of awareness right now, becoming something more and more aware of time, being, selfhood, love. The bad news is it's going to be uncomfortable. The good news is that your old boundaries of awareness weren't doing much for you or anyone else. They were obsolete, insufficient, limiting, maybe even self-destructive, when we had all those boundaries and acted in foolish, childish ways as whole societies. Let me give you an analogy. Sitting there and meditating, the real thing, not the sanitized pop culture commodity, It isn't comfortable. It's deeply uncomfortable. It's profoundly disorienting. It shakes you to your core. You sit. And you literally explore the boundaries of the inner self. And then push past it. All of which is baffling and frustrating enough that many don't even get that far. The reward, though is a higher level of awareness. And that simply means more truth, grace, love, beauty, goodness in every instant of existence. So much so that it begins to cut away at everything else like a sword. That's something else the old masters used to say too. Cut it away with the sword of awareness. They made gaining a kind of higher awareness, so painful, it was almost funny. What's the sound of one hand clapping? Give the old master the wrong answer and he'd literally kick you down the stairs (laughs) again and again until you came a little closer to the truth. Self-isolation isn't going to be comfortable. It's going to make you cry, sob, laugh, cheer, shake, roar, think, wonder all a little bit like a crazy person. Embrace it, my friend. It is a gift, leading us towards being more mature, responsible, thoughtful, gentle, kind, and decent people, which is precisely what the world, the planet, the universe, as we say these days, needs from us. 
actually demands from us and asks of us. Right now, in these difficult moments, you are growing, growing into who you were always meant to be. Who's that? What's the face you had before you were born? Why do you hold your child or partner extra close these days? The answer to all those questions is the same, by the way. The good news is that you have a few months to think about it. The better news is that you don't need to answer. You already know what the answer is. It's in the way that hands touch these days. With as much gentleness, grief, love, and intimacy as the human soul can bear. Wow. So that is from a blog article I found called How to Survive Self-Isolation Without Going Insane with a subtitle How to Discover the Zen of Life in Quarantine by Umer Hack. I think that this is one of the best things I've read in a long time. I think it is really well done and packed full of exactly what most people need to hear in times like this. If the experts are right, and sometimes they are exactly that, we are only in the first of what will likely be two waves of this virus. This one, the first has been the easy one, believe it or not. The second, which everyone in the know suggests will come in the fall, will be far worse. You and I both know what that means. More self-distancing, more self-isolation, only we'll be doing it without the nice weather coming. We'll be doing it After already going through this damn thing we are all in the midst of, we will do it and we will either pass or fail, as many of us have had to learn this time out. Now, you might be wondering what any of this has to do with training. (laughs) And if you are, you must be new to this podcast, buddy, because everything is training. The way you stand, the way you walk, the way you react, the way you treat others, the way you breathe, what you do to fill your day, and everything you do is training. If you have treated this time in isolation like a jail sentence or a curse, you've missed the point. You have had the chance to train and train with a difference. What has stopped you from getting that meditation practice going? What has stopped you from doing and getting great at push-ups? What has stopped you from working out, reading books, learning everything you can about every martial art, every martial arts teacher or master that you can find out about? Instead, you maybe just looked at this time as a curse, told yourself you're bored and needed to be entertained. That is the opposite of training. When I first started training in Zen, when I was in my early 20s, I remember how surprised I was that the Zen master didn't just make us meditate, but we would also silently and slowly do walking meditation. 
But that wasn't it either. We would do work around the zendo. We would prepare and have meals in meditation. Everything we did in the zendo was training. So yes, we are locked down now, somewhat. But we should be using this time to become better, to train. And not just somewhat, but to actually and fully train and mean it like it matters. Maybe this current wave is it. Maybe this will be a time that later you will look back on and realizing that you wasted it by not accomplishing much other than binge watching some online shows and otherwise letting down everyone and yourself. You'll remember those people who held it together for others. Those people who kept the spirits up, who helped others, who thought not of themselves, but of you and everyone else. Those people who looked in the face of a plague and isolation and smiled and became something and someone better. You might be thinking you don't know what to do to get yourself to this new place. But all it takes is starting. Work towards it. Meditate every day. Read every day. Work out every day. Support others. Be kind and be selfless. Practice your martial art. And if you don't know what to do, just make it up. Imagine what you would do as a child who wanted to become some cool Zen warrior. Guaranteed, you'd make up some cool things to do to train yourself. Do you think that coming up with new ways to train and creative ways to do things is going to make you suck? No. Be wildly creative. Have fun. Play and smile. Everything is training. Every moment is training. Even now. All right. Let's... Leave that there and let you chew on it. Go to the question of the week. Question of the week comes from Janice. And she is asking, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and we don't have any solo drills to practice. What can I do to keep training? First off, do you really believe that? There are so many solo drills in jiu-jitsu. You have shrimping, you have umpas, you have get-ups, you have rolls. You can work your foot sweeps and the list goes on and on and on. If you think you don't have any solo drills to practice, you're simply looking for excuses not to practice and not to train. If you need a partner, grab your gi and fill it with towels and roll around practicing your positions. Or come to an understanding of what all the old masters did in so many martial arts and create some solo forms of your own. Go through movements and visualize what it is you're doing. This is what kata or juru or whatever else you want to call it are. Forms. Solo manifestations of combat that need to engage your creative mind through visualization and movement. So... Stop coming up with excuses and now get to work. And I think we'll leave it there.
I don't mean to come down hard on you, by the way, but let's be honest. We can give ourselves excuses for everything. So, please don't forget to go and check out our Patreon page. Just go to Patreon and check for Warrior's Way podcast. If you want to um, read some of the books I've written, head over to Amazon.com or whatever Amazon you use in the country you're in. And I have written a couple books. There is A Wolf in the Woods and Warrior's Way. You can find those there. If you want to see what I am up to, you can go to Instagram or Facebook and look for the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. And that is what I use to post on social media. Oh, and on Facebook, we also have a Warrior's Way podcast Facebook page as well. So you can check that out. And give us a five-star review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this on. And let your friends know about it too. That's the way we spread the word. Now, before I go, because if you're listening to this as it comes out, we've been into this isolation quarantine thing for well over a month now. And I know that there are people listening from around the world. And some of you may be part of big schools. Some of you may be part of small schools. But before I go, I'd like to just put in a word for all of the martial arts schools out there, because I know I have listeners from many different countries who love to train. This pandemic, it is going to end. Please make sure that you are doing your part to ensure that your gym or your school, your academy or your dojo is there when this is over. Pay your membership fees. And I know that times are hard. But realize that without you and everyone else doing their small part for the school that they love, that school will likely not be there when this is over. Because we probably got some more time before this passes and we're allowed to get back to it. Not paying means you are showing you don't really care. Sorry to tell you the facts as they are, but that's what it means. That the training you get doesn't matter. That your instructor and all the other students don't matter to you. Now, I know you don't really believe that. Remember, This lesson we are being taught is to move away from me, 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 and towards we. Don't forget that. So, like I say every time, get out there, have some fun, train hard, be a great friend. And when I say that, mean it in the ways that really matter. Show people what a good friend really is. Take care.